All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the blockhouse with Kelly. It's been a long time since we've done one of these. Kelly? Yes. The world is still the world. Yes. How are you doing? I don't know, in man. In the world. This is Sign on the Window. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. Hey-o. We spend a week with a Bob Dylan song of any era that we pick at random. Uh, last week we did Shot of Love. Not last week, but last episode. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a while since we've done all that. Yes. Um, just because of all of this. But uh, Shot of Love was our last one, which was wild. We had a good time doing it. I think it was a, a revelatory thing. But we, uh, we chose... Uh, a new song at random that we're going to talk about today. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the number reached in Buddhism by multiplying the senses smell, touch, taste, hearing, sight, and consciousness by whether they are painful, pleasant, or neutral, and then again by whether they are internally generated or externally occurring, and yet again by the past, present, and future. Finally, we get to the feelings. Six times three times two times three equals... 1963's Only a Hobo. <laughs> As I was out walking on the corner one day, I spied an old hobo in the doorway he lay. His face was all grounded in the cold sidewalk floor. And I guess he'd been there for the whole night or more. Only a hobo, but one more is gone Leaving nobody to sing his sad song Leaving nobody to carry him home He was only a hobo All right, Kelly, we spent the entire week listening to Bob Dylan And only a hobo, and one more is gone uh, This is uh, from 1963 early 63 uh maybe 62 who knows who knows we'll talk about it a little bit maybe even before that i really get into it but uh before we do uh, i just want to ask you how were your thoughts on the song before we get into it and the versions we listen to it's fine for me it's really simple uh but you know i'm going to throw back to the early days of the podcast where any song that's just bob uh, guitar and harmonica gets an automatic pass so Mm. great job song yeah, it's just Bob and a harmonica. Yeah. I think the only version is the uh, 1971 version on another self-portrait, volume 10. Oh, that's different, yeah. Where you have uh, Happy Trom playing with Bob. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But I um, I like his voice a lot. Um, so it, the, like, On the studio one? On the, on, well, on the Whitmark one specifically, because that one's oh, my okay. favorite one. But okay. um, yeah, I just it's been a while since we've gotten like a folk 60s Bob Dylan voice. And this one isn't doesn't go as hard as like sometimes he really gets like like bluesy guy voice, but this I don't know it's it's nice to have so much context of where his voice goes. I like this version of his voice the best. This in um, the Rolling Thunder. Yeah, I could could have been a punk rocker. Sure, <laughs> voice. sure. In a different world, he yeah. could have been a punk rocker. Uh, kind of was early early songs. Take some of those early songs, Masters of War, and like. Make it oh, sure. Song, I mean, lyrically, sure. of course, yeah. but yeah, musically. Oh, but even in The Rolling Thunder, like um, we listen with God on our side. Oh, sure, yeah. fucking yeah. sped that six minute song into a two minute thing. It's like, yeah, that's that's punk as shit. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. So we listened to uh, a couple songs. So we'll get into it uh, before we get into the songs themselves and talk about the lyrics and just hobos and all the stuff we want to talk about. A little bit of context. There's not really any context for the song itself, but we do have three songs that are on our playlist that sort of set the 
set in motion what Bob Dylan is is drawing from. Uh, and so we'll just obviously kind of touch on them when we talk about our playlist at the end. But while we're here, Kelly, um, I want to know your thoughts on these three songs and just kind of their re- obvious relation. I think all three of them are pretty obvious, um, either song structurally, um, melody-wise, chord-wise, I'm sure. Uh, the first song, of course, is the most obvious one that you are going to read about every time you read about Only a Hobo, Poor Miner's Farewell by Aunt Molly Jackson. Um, you were a little shook by immediately listening to this lady give an oral history, basically, for like five minutes. It was right so after we sad. Listened, right after we listened to the song, it's like, I'm just an old lady talking. And oh, like, my whoa, God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I like really put off listening to the song quite a bit because every time I thought about putting the playlist on, I was like, oh, that lady's going to make me so sad. So while it's very cool and informative and a peek into, you know, this, life, the content yeah. of the, the song, which is like people are forgotten, the people that build this country, the people that like, you know, are the workers. I mean, we're fa- – well, oh, my God. Yeah. Let me not spiral out. But – yeah, it made me sad because yeah, she's like a sweet old lady. But well, then also she's like, I'm a folk punk rocker, bitch. <laughs> well, so that that was on uh, an album by John Greenway uh, called The Songs and Stories of Aunt Molly Jackson from 1961. So he was taking either recordings that he made. I don't actually know the whole story. Either he made or were available and he sort of cut it together and played her songs. Uh, but it was a whole album of her music with him playing I it. I wish it was her playing Well, and I don't know if there there is, but there's not on Spotify. That's yeah. for sure. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's our shtick, Kelly. So, uh, not a lot we can do there. Uh, and I'm sure it is available. I mean, I'm sure it's there. So. You can go listen to it probably on YouTube or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously this, the song uh, itself is incredibly reminiscent of uh, Only a Hobo, if not directly, mm, okay. directly yeah. taken. I found myself singing for hardworking miners, their troubles are great, so often when mining they meet the sad fate. Killed by some accident, no one can tell, their mining's all over. Poor miners, farewell. And meaning my brother, I just yelled out, he was only a miner, my brother, killed under the ground. Only a miner, and one more is gone. Killed by some accident, no one can tell, his mining's all over, poor miner, farewell. They leave their dear wives and little ones too To earn them a living as miners all do For hard-working miners their troubles are great So often while mining they meet their sad fate Only a miner killed under the ground Only a miner and one more is found Killed by some accident, there's no one can tell. Your mining's all over for minor farewell. Bob Dylan in 1984 was talking about people who at the time complained about him not playing, like playing the melody of it basically, but writing a, another song over top of it. He said uh, about those people, quote, they didn't want to hear, they didn't want to hear it if you couldn't play the song exactly the way that Aunt Molly Jackson played it. I just kind of blazed my way through all of that. Uh, the next song was Tramp on the Street by Hank Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about that song again because it's a basis for another Bob Dylan song, Man on the Street, which is like a one-to-one to only a hobo uh, about a dead man on the street. Uh, Hank Williams performed this on the radio in the 1940s. He never really released it as a live or as a recorded song. Um, back in the day, you would have hours on the radio. And oh, Hank, so like he did it during a performance. Yeah, it's, and uh, last year they released a really cool um, collection for Hank Williams, uh, his 1949 recordings um, 
on the complete health and happiness recordings. I think he was recording it for whatever brand was out there. And he was just on the radio playing songs and tramp on the street was a, a constant one that he went to. Um, and if Dylan wasn't hearing the Hank Williams version, since it wasn't on a record and, you know, maybe you missed the 1949. I mean, he was nine years old or whatever. Maybe he didn't hear this song. Uh, Ramblin' Jack Elliott recorded this for his 1961 self-titled record. So 1961 for John Greenway, 1961 for Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Clearly something's in the water. Uh, what do you think about this one? Uh it sounded like a Hank Williams song. I don't really remember. It doesn't even really. It's weird because it doesn't even feel really that live either. Like even oh, on the radio yeah, I ones, it's have, kind of like I would have no idea. It's like so crisp be and beautiful. Like maybe back in the day, they like. I guess. I guess if you're recording on the radio, you're recording with like really, really good nice equipment. Yeah. Them, yeah. And maybe that makes all the difference. I yeah. Because even with Bob Dylan on the radio, there's a few instances of that. Even one that we'll get into here tonight. Um, that it's wild that it sounds as good as it does. Uh, and then the, the final one uh, is from the Carter family, of course, uh, railroading on the great divide. Uh, Sarah Carter wrote this song. Bob Dylan actually played this song, a covered cover version of this song uh, at uh, Gertie's folk city in Greenwich village in September of 1961. So he was already again in the water with uh, more the melody, less lyrically has nothing to really do with railroading in Wyoming, but 19 and 16, I started to roam Out in the west, no money, no I went drifting along with the tide I landed on the Great Divide Railroading on the Great Divide But yeah, you can definitely hear the the melody in that as well, uh, and that's like that's an old song. So a lot of these, again, Aunt um, Aunt Molly Jackson and the Carter family were, yeah, and even Hank Williams. I mean, they're all from the the 30s. They're all from the Great Depression, and I think that's a huge through line for any hobo stuff. Is like it's coming out of the 1890s collapse of the Gilded Age, and then that's kind of where we get the word hobo, which we'll talk about in a bit. And then you got the 1930s with the Great Depression, and then I think there's a huge gulf between I kind of like traditional hobo songs for us are riding the rails but we can't really ride rails anymore right we don't sing about trains anymore though we don't sing about hobo codes right we don't and if we are we're obviously hearkening back to the 30s we're hearkening back to the great depression this idea of like jumping on a train to go start your life somewhere new right like the idea of that happening in america today is it possible to do that i don't know i think it's a wistful longing i think the hobo songs kind of turned into that from like Something standing up to like, you know, talking about the plight of homeless people, bums, hobos, whatever you want to call them, to now being like the world was a better place with hobos in it. The the a world that you could be a hobo in is a world that I long for when I, a 21st century musician, am playing the hobo song. I think it's like somewhat dangerous or I guess, uh, what's what I'm looking for? It can be super gauche when people like, romanticize poor culture like that kind of stuff is really gross because you're so far removed from it that you don't understand that it seems like cool and edgy because it's so counter to the life that you're living so like that's not great but obviously there's a very easy translation between wealth inequality and power inequality then and now as far as the like 
aesthetic of and like the the actual trappings of the hobo culture with the, the hobo code and stuff from the early 1900s or hobo chic that's the thing too yeah. people. we we definitely don't have that anymore homeless no. people today do not look the same and i don't mean like look look like yeah. just in the way that they dress or whatever I, their lifestyles are definitely not the same no. um be, i don't know well i do want i do yeah and i think that's just kind of my uh, t-ball attempt to We'll get to that, yeah. Because I got a couple more, so we'll 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 revisit that. But before we do, versions of the songs. Now there are some versions of this song that I did not have or didn't put on here just because they're so similar. I wanted to try to choose different ones, and as we already discussed, if they're not on Spotify, it doesn't make for a good playlist. But we do listen to stuff outside of it, which one one of these versions we did listen to outside of it. The lyrics were originally published in Broadside Number Twenty Two, the magazine, um, in 1963. He actually recorded this for the first time at Folkway Studio in New York for Broadside Magazine, for what became Broadside Ballads Volume 1. came out in 1963. There was sessions throughout the end of 62 into 63 that featured Bob Dylan, Phil Oaks, Pete Seeger, Peter LaFarge, the Freedom Singers, amongst others, who came in, recorded songs. Uh, some of them played together, including Happy Trom, who... Bob Dylan plays with later. He was actually part of this and he plays on this as well, which I'll get into in a moment. Um, we didn't listen to that version, but it is actually on Bob Dylan's YouTube page. So you can actually like the Bob Dylan official YouTube page. You can go listen to that version. One look at his face showed the hard road he'd come. A fistful of coins showed the money he bombed. He was only a hobo, but one more is gone. Leaving nobody to sing his sad song Leaving nobody to carry him home He was only a hobo, but one more is gone Does it take much of a man? People have dated it as February of 1963 um, as, as when Bob Dylan went in to play Only a Hobo, John Brown, and I think Another song, I don't remember which. Oh, Talking Devil, which is another song that we haven't ever talked about on the show. But the liner notes for the Broadside Ballads are pretty interesting because uh, in the liner notes, they write about only a hobo. Um, and I, I'm just going to read it for you. Um, it was written by Bob Dylan, lyrically, but the song was sung by Blind Boy Grunt. But it was just Bob Dylan. Of course. Because he was doing it to get around contractual obligations because he wasn't allowed to sing the songs oh, because he was, right, he was, he was signed on people. a, right. well, he was signed for on a contract for Columbia. So he was, wasn't supposed to be there recording for another record label. Sure. So blind boy grunt is the one singing it, not Bob Dylan. Um, and in the liner notes for this, again, this is broadside. This is early sixties. This is sort of, uh, you know, just imagine picking up a zine back then. And, and also remember that, you know, counterculturally, this is, this is the counterculture, right? This is like emerging out of the beats into um, what we think of as zines today. I mean, p- these zines back then, I mean, you, you look at Broadside, they look like fucking 80s punk zines. That's fucking amazing. Anyways, they wrote as liner notes to this song, quote, the skid rows of America remain well greased and many a good man, lawyer, writer, worker, beggar man, and thief still slides down down them to oblivion. No less than 12,000 of the men of the professional social workers like to call quote, human derelict still exists in New York City's Bowery alone. The American hobo said more songs written about and sung about him than all of our presidents lumped together. Jay Gould fixed the blinds so that he couldn't ride there anymore. 
Then he took the rods out from under him, but still he continues on, bumming his way through America's imagination. A psychologist would have to study the question hard for some years and then produce a pretty thick book to explain why. And then as for the other song, Talking Devil, as for the devil, he started out giving the first man ever created a snow job and hasn't stopped talking since. Both songs sung by Blind Boy, brought into the studio by Bob Dylan for this very purpose. Both of these songs were sung by Blind Boy Grunt. Never forget. For those purposes. So definitely go and have a listen to those. From here on out, we listen to uh, we listen to four versions. We listen to uh, a version from 1963 on the McKenzie tapes, which is a bootleg we have not listened to very much of. Uh, poor quality, but historically pretty interesting. We listen to the studio recording on the bootleg series volume one through three. We listen to the Whitmark demo uh, that was recorded in August of 1963. And we listen to uh, the version with Happy Trom uh, that you can find on another self-portrait volume 10 of the Bootleg series uh, that was recorded in 1971. Before we get into those four versions, which kind of make the core of what we listened to this week, what was your favorite version? And like, now that you're a professional musician, did you, I'm sure this song is very easy for you, but is there any anything cool you gleaned from this? Um... My favorite version was the Whitmark demo one, I would have to say, just because I'm more partial to those anyway. Just be, I don't know, because the, the recording, it just always sounds like he's in his bedroom, which, I mean, was he? No, he was enough. I feel like you see all these pictures of him just like uh, on a bed playing his guitar, so. I think that's the cover is him sitting on a typewriter, so maybe you're thinking yeah. of that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's faster. It cuts a minute off the bootleg version, Always nice. Which always is great. a plus. And it just moves more. Um which is weird because he t- he does tend to slow down those songs because they're meant to be for other people to right. like learn how to. So I think that one's my favorite version for sure. Yeah, um, nice. There really is no lyrical differences either, which, no. you know. But my favorite version to cover, would you like to hear a cover of my, my, I, my favorite version? I do want to hear a cover. Ver- it's my least favorite one of them, but. Oh. I'm what? Try to do Why this. are you doing that? Oh. So it'll be closer to the guitar. Nice. Yes. Yes. I don't know if it'll work. We'll see. Okay. Get on my accoutrement ready, okay. version of this song <laughs> the uh the uh version Ooh, the seven minutes of fucking around because it's a house because you want to talk about a house bedroom they're literally sitting yeah. in, a, in, a, in a living room oh actually let me fix this for real um but yeah musically <laughs> thanks this... for untuning my guitar. <laughs> oh my god i mean to his credit he's probably i'm surprised he didn't bust out my fucking tuner's like stop talking you dumb also, you, you, did you learn how to actually play this song? I did. Okay, well, bust it out. I'm gonna. I gotta fix what I did. Hell yeah, yeah. For the jokes. Wow. For the you walls. Should, the best version of that joke is where you accidentally, at the end, fix it before you end the bit. Yeah, that's what I should have done. But that's what you get with improv. Never know what might happen. So now you have to wait. The best kind of improv. Now it's the real 
I should have just done this the whole time. See, I should have put your guitar out of tune and then put it in tune. Right. That would have made more sense. Oh my god. I'm really Bob Dylan. This is real. Oh, that's because it's the wrong peg. Hilarious. Oh. Yeah, man. This is what you get for talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Amazing. Instant karma. Only three chords. Got G. It's in the key of G major, which is like every song ever written, because anybody who's played the guitar for five seconds knows G. Oh, Ooh. sounds bad. G. And we got we got a C, C major. And we got D major, right? That's the basis for like a million songs, so it's just that forever. G. He does like a modified C chord, so it's like this. Oh, I like this, which I've never played before. So in the chord, oh, it's like. That's cool. And then he goes, that modified C chord, and then a G over B chord, which is like. So that's like the only tricky part. But you could just straight up play just G, C, and D yeah, for the whole song, and it would sound exactly the same. Yeah, that's it. Because well, it's it's all about your singing. Like that's how you, nobody pays attention to the playing. That's but it. great. There we go. Well, fantastic. I like that version better than the first one. Oh. <laughs> Although the first one was probably more faithful to the original. Hold <laughs> the tuning. Yeah, oh. I would say that was a more accurate cover, but. Yeah, you took liberties on that second one that I didn't appreciate, but uh, okay. So we can we can all agree the Mackenzie tapes are a tough listen. Uh, I'm probably cool. ne- I don't. Is it cool? No, no, it's cool for me just because like like I said, he was just tuning it by ear. I'm surprised he didn't hit the piano keys and like try to yeah. figure it out. He just sat there and struggled. He knew it wasn't right because every time he hit the G chord, it was like fucked up. It was like yeah. what? But okay, well then we'll keep going back to it. I mean, there's only there's only so many originals that he actually played. But you can't really hear it at all. So. Yeah, it is tough to hear. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't. I've never found a good version of those, and I don't think it exists. Um, and also, uh, famously, BobDylan.com. You know, your source for no Bob Dylan information worth <laughs> your time. Uh, misdates the McKenzie tapes. They say that this was recorded on April 12th, 1963. April 12th, 1963 was the date of his town hall showcase. <laughs> like the big where he did Last Thoughts on Woody Guthrie. And right, yeah. We've listened to so many. Ver- the beautiful sounding. This was April 19th. This was the week after. He was, he was just hanging out with his friends, even Mac McKenzie, in their apartment in New York, singing songs. BobDylan.com. You can't do two things on the same night. I don't get it. And then we listened to studio recording. So this was recorded. It was going to be on uh, Times They Are Changing. How come wasn't? Um, Just because. Well, you know, we'll get into that, I think. Um, Why I think it wasn't on here. Uh, But yeah, it was recorded uh, August 12th, 1963. Two takes recorded between 2.30 and 5.30 in the afternoon. Uh, It sounds really good. The studio version is excellent. And that's what opens up our playlist. And. Uh, it's on the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. Uh, and Mark obviously, you said, was your favorite. I like it a lot. Yeah, it does cut down the time. Uh, but honestly, honestly, I, I uh, my favorite is probably the self-portrait one. My, my favorite was that revisiting was my revisiting it in 1971. Uh, all that This was recorded with Happy Trom. Happy Trom uh, was in a band called the New World Singers. They covered Blowing in the Wind on that Broadside Ballads Volume 1 um, and sang with Bob Dylan. I'm sorry, Blind Boy Grunt, um, on 
a song at the time was called I Will Not Go Down Under the Ground, which later became Let Me Die in My Footsteps, which is also on Broadside Ballads. Um, and Bob Dylan stole that from Blind Boy Grunt. Um, <laughs> and he's, YouTube, he's on YouTube. And he plays, he does instructional videos for, for the blues banjo. songs. Uh, for, well, I've seen him with a banjo and a, and a guitar. Um, and he's just really, he just seems really nice. That's the guy who's singing too, right? Or uh, just playing the banjo? Oh, he's just, as far as I know, just playing the banjo. Unless he's like a backup singer. Bob Dylan is singing the song. Well, no, no, I know, but there's somebody harmonizing. There's somebody harmonizing. Yeah, 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 it's him. It's him. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so it's weird because this was recorded September 24th, 1971. We haven't really talked about this, but this was recorded for The Greatest Hits Volume 2. Why would you record songs for a Greatest Hits record? Right. It's supposed to just be a compilation. Ask Bob Dylan because he does it all the time. Literally, two and three are just... Here are not only songs that have never been released, but I'm throwing it on a gr- Grace Hits Three has like genuinely like dignities on there and never released. It was an unreleased song on a Greatest Hits album. What's what's even happening with this? So no, he actually went in with Happy Trom and recorded uh, a couple of songs. I shall be released. And my favorite version of I shall be released was with him. Uh, this version is fantastic with him. Um, I really love it. One comment. One commenter online. Um, when like discussing this song, because there's not a whole lot of people talking about this song, um, I really like this guy's take. And he said the Happy Trump versions are better because Bob Dylan wrote a country song, not a folk song. And it wasn't until he was in out of his, uh, you know, uh, country phase, you know, because 1971, he was still kind of at the very tail end of it. That's a very countrified version of it. Playing sure. with Happy and his voice is kind of post Nashville skyline. Um I, I think he's spot on. Like, that song works a lot better as a country song. Does it take much of a man to see his whole life go down? To look up in the world from a hole in the ground? To wait for your future like a horse that's gone lame To lie in the gutter and to die with no name He was only a hobo, but one more is gone uh, Kind of like re- hitting the refrain harder, only a hobo, but one more is gone. You know, he repeats that in that where he doesn't repeat it before. I'm like, yeah, I think that's true. Because, I mean, as a, that's just a regular song. Is it even... Is it even that good? Yeah, I like for this is the number two of four for me. Like I just yeah. rank them all, but because um, for me the Whitmark demos are always going to win because of like the intimacy and the vulnerability. It feels like just because it feels like a small personal little thing. Right. Um, but this is great. I mean, adding the the banjo with the just like the plinkiness of it all. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like he's he's not just strumming. He's like there's other guitar work going on. It's That's why cool. all of those versions are just so good. And they and this was like unreleased, you know, because the other ones this didn't make it on the greatest hits volume two. Uh, this was just an unreleased one that showed up. Oh, well. um, oh yeah, well, on the, the other side of another side, another self another self portrait. Yeah, another side of Bob Dylan, which is not the same album as another self portrait. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. It's great, but you're learning. See, there you go. Oh. See, you wouldn't have known that a uh, hundred episodes ago. Do I know what songs are on either of those? No. Do I know what years they came out? No. It's fair. We've really done nothing from another side of Bob Dylan. What, is, what, what is that even? What is that? Um, what is that record? 
When is it, when did it come out? Nineteen sixty four. It was right after Times Arrow Changes. So it's like an actual it's got it album. Got Me Babe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, it Me Babe. Chimes of Freedom. Funny songs. I shall be free. Number ten. Uh, kind of another riff on the first. I shall be free. Which is not the same as another self portrait. Was which is another like self portrait. Besides is, from self portrait. Yeah, from the okay. self portrait era, from New Morning and self portrait. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's a Bootleg Series Volume Ten. Whatever. Okay. That's the official title, Kelly. Bootleg Series Volume Ten. Another self portrait. Another side of Bob Dylan. Too many. He does have a lot of them. God, we're gonna do this forever. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Uh, Dylan performed this actually um, in. WNBC Radio Studios in New York City in March of 1963 on the Oscar Brand show. Uh, he was asked by Oscar Brand. He was asked by Oscar Brand about this song before he performed it. And now once again, Mr. Bob Dylan and another original called "Only a Hobo." Little background, Bob. Well, I guess uh, some people go out in the streets every day. You know, they look into their garage and they see their car, and uh, other people can uh, go out in the street and. See their lilac trees, and other people can go out of their porch and water their plants, and uh, you can also go out in the street and see a hobo. As I was out walking on the corner one day, I spied an old hobo in the doorway. He lay. And then, poetry. The insight, <laughs> the metaphor, the greater meaning. Ooh. Poet laureate, everybody. <laughs> Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> yeah, some people can see lilac trees. Some people can see hobos. Yeah, really money, good. please. <laughs> <laughs> really, kind of depends on the environment you're living in. Because you're living in a suburban neighborhood, you probably just see the lilac trees. But if you're living in an urban city, you probably see a hobo. And Bob's like, "Well, I've once lived on a farm, and I now live in a city. I know everything. I contain multitudes. I contain. Oh, Whoa." <laughs> Follow me close, I'm going to Bali and Ali. I'll lose my mind if you don't come with me. I fuss with my hair and I fight blood feuds. I contain multitudes. Got a tilt So there's not a whole lot uh, to talk about in the song itself. So I just want to start just kind of with the chorus. Only a hobo, but one more is gone. Leaving nobody to sing a sad song. Leaving nobody to carry him home. He was only a hobo. And one more is gone. I like the structure because it's A-B-B-A instead of like A-B-A-B, which is cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yes. Rhyme structure. Um, It flows very nicely. This is very much the coal miner. Like that's like um, Auntie Joe Jackson. Aunt Molly Jackson. There we go. Uh, she she even says that at the end of her little talking piece because I'm sure because that's her song that's right. what she's leading to her song only a minor but one more is gone and mm-hmm. I was like that's nice and then it made me think of her and then I got bummed out again so cool <laughs> we've talked about hobos on the show before JT Slusher wouldn't give her any groceries and he was a preacher what a dick The kids didn't have it. I mean, that's it's what I'm just, saying. That's so bad. She sure as hell didn't go to Slushers, but she went to go get those groceries, as many as those kids could carry. And then the train didn't come until four in the morning, so she decided she she'd go ahead and walk three miles on home. Yeah, that's right. She did walk. And she thought of this. She thought of her fucking brother who died in a fucking mine. It's fucking terrible. Those poor little children. Ah, oh. oh, Molly. Stuff. As I was saying, we've talked about hobos before on this show. 
uh, if you remember. Specifically, we talked about it on Pledging My Time. And didn't we talk about it on kind of Woody Guthrie Month? Yeah, we did, yeah, we did. On, but Pledging My Time, uh, there's the lyric, Well, the hobo jumped uh, and he came down naturally. After he stole my baby, then he wanted to steal me. But I'm pledging my time to you, hoping you'll come through too. I don't know. Did we talk about that? We Who did knows? that song. We did that song, Pledging My Time. Oh, that was during Robert Johnson Month. Oh, uh, we shit. did. I mean, I would, I would, I would rope anything Woody Guthrie in there. Sure. Um, song to Woody, you know, just any rambling song, any riding the rails songs. Right. I think kind of has the aura of that. Um, but in terms of the word hobo, it only shows up rarely. Um, we've done this song, obviously, Pledging My Time. We did. Um, Bob Dylan's 115th Dream. It comes up again. Um, I ran right through the front door like a hobo sailor does. But it was just a funeral parlor, and a man asked me who I was. I repeated that my friends were all in jail with a sigh. He gave me his card. He said, call me if you die. So, a hobo sailor. Uh, call me if you die. It's pretty good. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to do that song. Uh, but then we also did listen to, a long time ago, episode 27, I Am a Lonesome Hobo and Drifter's Escape, which were on John Wesley Harding. We listened to both of those songs? We listened to the entire album of John Wesley Oh, Harding. okay. I was like, holy yeah. so we shit. Didn't, back in the day, we didn't really, like, we definitely covered everything. But it was very early days for all of this. I mean, it feels like if it already feels like quarantine life, it like stretches on forever and also been very short. Can you imagine 27? We're on episode 108. 20, episode 27. Who yeah. were we? No. Who, who was? Were we even alive is my question. Can't Did we actually do it? I don't know. Who knows? Um, I mean, don't we shed skin? Isn't that like our thing as humans? We shed our skin and stuff. Not like snakes, but yeah. Like snakes, yeah. But yeah, like little bits fly. But off I mean, like, time. so how much of us has even remained from episode twenty-seven to now? Oh yeah, those, haven't we shed our skin entire? Cells are probably gone. Yeah, so what? We're like new people. Oh, wow, that's actually really powerful, nice. So powerful. Wow, this is powerful. You'd be a new, per- new person, however long your skin cells have regenerate. Boom! I don't know how long that is. Somebody tweet us, let us know. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll hit another song. Ramblin' Gamblin' Willie has another hobo connotations. Different than Blind Willie McTell. Blind, that'll be the last one. That'll be the last song we do. Um, yes, different than Blind Willie McTell. This is Ramblin' Gamblin' Willie. Clearly different people. Um, you can even throw like Hard Times in New York Town. Like not oh, yeah. a hobo. I remember that one. Yeah, that was a great song. Um, but it doesn't have a hobo vibe, but it's definitely like I'm in the city. I don't know. Like I, for me, a hobo song is so much bigger than just like you having to say the word hobo. I don't know. It just like encompasses a lot more. Well, yeah, because I would hope it would conjure the Con- context conjure. of like why that person is like that. Right. And what is wrong with everything. So what is a hobo? I mean, isn't it just a possibly problematic term for a person without a home? So, I mean, well, maybe. So apparently people don't know where the etymology came from. They don't know where the word uh, came from. This is all from Wikipedia. I just, I never really looked into it. I never thought to do it. Um, some people think um, that it was uh, f- derived from a term "ho-boy," meaning a, a farmhand. So a ho-boy, like a ho. No shit. Um, or a greeting such as "ho-boy," like, like a ba- ho. Exactly. Uh, Bill Bryson in Made in America, his book, he thinks it's either a like a railroad a railroad greeting, like "ho-boy," but "boy" b e a u. So hey, ho boy, ho boy, boy, yeah, bo, yeah, oh yeah, ho bo, right, ho bo, oh my god, ho bo, why would a railroad greeter be saying ho bo, ho ho bo, ho bo? Well, bo doesn't bo mean like Jesus, handsome boy in French or something? Yeah, but why are you saying ho, 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 ho bo? Because like ho, exclamation bo. No, see, it's a it's a 
comma. I don't fucking know, dude. Or uh, it's a syllabic <laughs> abbreviation for homeward bound. See, I would have thought homeless bumpkin. Or it could be homeless boy. H.L. Mm. Mm. Uh, Mencken, in his book, The American Language from 1937, wrote, quote, Tramps and hobos are commonly lumped together but see themselves as sharply differentiated. A hobo or beau is simply a migrant laborer. He may take some longish holidays, but sooner or later he returns to work. Lower than either is the bum, who neither works nor travels, save when implied to by the motion of the police. Who knew the intricacies of, like, hobos? Well, that's what I mean. I, the hobos were definitely around more. The hobo we think of when we when it's conjured in our heads. The cartoon with the broomstick and with the handkerchief the and the whole writing thing. Writing fucking hobo codes right, everywhere. Right. right. That version of it, if it ever existed, which it probably never did. Um, was from yeah the 30s, if not before, and that's where and that's why they said why when they said the etymology is not known, it was like why did everybody all of a sudden in California in the 1890s network. start using this word? Yeah, because it seemingly popped out of nowhere. And Woody Guthrie, traveling around, he spent a lot of time in California as an Okie, you know, going there during the Dust Bowl and stuff. He probably picked it up from there. I mean, if we think about hobo songs, the first person to come to mind should be fucking Woody Guthrie, hobo's right. lullaby. Um, but it's weird, too, because he, right there, H.L. Mencken is saying that a hobo is somebody who works, a, a migrant laborer, basically. Uh, a tramp is somebody who's forced to work, and a bum is somebody who doesn't work. But yet here, in only a hobo, we have somebody who's not working. We get Bob Dylan saying that he bummed money. Right. So I feel like at some point we, like, combine them. It all begins, yeah. And hobo lullaby, I mean, there's the great line by... um. By Woody Guthrie, I know the police cause you trouble. They cause trouble everywhere. But when you die and go to heaven, you'll find no police. I know. That was such there. a good line. Such a great Ooh. line. But hobos shouldn't be accosted by the police, right? Because that's what because the bums. Working. The yeah, bums get accosted right. by the police, per H.L. Mencken, right? So I feel like all of those terms are basically one. There is no difference between them. So like when Bob Dylan sings in Subterranean Homesick Blues, don't want to be a bum, you better chew gum. Like... He's kind of making fun of what society sees as like bums and hobos and all that, right? I don't think Bob Dylan agrees with anything like that, but I feel like it's obviously all interchangeable, right? Bum, hobo, all those words. Today, you would put them all together, right? Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that also we we just call them different things. Like the idea of that that kind of hobo, now we would just think is like a wandering spirit who, who travels around and does odd jobs, right? Yeah, like sure. we wouldn't call that person a hobo, but that according to H.L. Mencken is like absolutely the definition of what it is. So yeah. those people still exist. They do. The, 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 again, with the trappings and the aesthetic that we conjure with the, the fucking broomstick and the handkerchief. Well, there's always like dust shit. around everyone. Right. Yeah, it's, just... it's not the same, but there are certainly people that yeah. just fucking ramble around and well, do odd I... jobs. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to get in my van and go, but I don't know what I call a myself a hobo. I've right. lived in my car multiple times. Is I mean, that being a hobo? I don't know. It might be up to you to reclaim the term. Bring I don't really want to reclaim the term. I, I want the term to actually not exist. I think I want the term to be a historical term. Yes, I a term agree, very it much. it just doesn't sound right. Well, and every, yeah, I, for me, the hobo chic stuff, it's all sure. very like, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's bad. It's just a tough look for yeah. all around. <laughs> um but for me, I think it's it conjures a very particular historical moment, and it's something that you can uh, make relations to in real time, where you don't have to pretend like there's some lineage of, of the hobos that have passed the hobodom down. No, be, like being a hobo, as we think of it, was a very specific historical entity, and to to just call people hobos today, I think just pretending that it's the same is foolish, and I think that it's um, if anything, a much larger 
economic system in which whatever that sort of means, I don't think that hobos even account for anything anymore. The, the Those transient itinerant workers probably are very... Because, I mean, looking at Wikipedia, they were saying for a while in the 30s that there were almost a million people riding around the rails, upward to 700,000 people, Damn. just by estimates. I mean, how do they get these? I don't know. But that's a lot of people. And now uh, there was like a book in the 90s that estimated at about 20,000. People still do. That and, and I think that it's probably gone up with recessions. And, you know, I think... Obviously, right now, where we're fucking 22 million people out of work and shit, sure. I think every time you talk about hobo stuff, it's, it starts to resonate where you're like, what does it mean to be a hobo? And really, that's the whole j- thrust of this song. It's not really about the etymology of being a hobo. It's There's a dead man on the street, and you're walking by him. And I think Bob Dylan is saying it's your moral duty to look into the face of somebody who's had a hard life and see that it's your face. The end. Does it take that much for your entire life to go away? To look up from the world from a hole in the ground? I think a lot of people don't don't picture their lives going that way, right? They're all everybody's homeless. They're all others, and I think that that's a huge mistake. Well, make. yeah, and I mean that's the moral crime. That's of the, poverty, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like obviously you did something shitty. Otherwise, you wouldn't be living on the street. So I don't have to feel bad for you because. You did something wrong. And if you didn't do something wrong, then I might have to feel bad and might have to change your situation and or feel guilty about your situation, which is definitely not my fault because you did something wrong. Or just like, I'll feel really weird about it right now and I'll make a couple comments and then I'll get to my store and they'll be fine. I'll right. be back in the bliss of of shopping ignorance. And yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's and I think that's the reason why this didn't show up on any record is that I feel like with a lot of songs that Bob was doing at the time, it's a very Woody Guthrie-esque song. Bob Dylan was changing really fast. His songwriting was evolving very quickly at this time. And I think he knew that this type of song, while good, while it sounds great, is just not going to be his sound. It's, I've already, he's already moved on. The moment it was put down, he was already on to bigger and better things. I think that's why I like his voice so much in this, in this particular, this little moment, because it's, it's after he's like, I'm a folks blues guy and that's who I am. And I, it finally dawned on me. It's like, I already know this because that's who he is. But he's straight up just imitating everyone that came before him. Vocally even. He's that, I'm I'm going to pretend to be Sonny Williamson or I'm going to pretend to be Woody Guthrie. Sure. And that's how I'm styling my voice too yeah. because that's the music and that's what I'm going to do. And like you can hear him get a little more unique. Like mm-hmm. this is before he goes full... That everybody hates, but after the blues, like there's a distinction, and I hope wow. you can hear it in my voice. Uh, so it's really, really cool to hear his voice right now, sure. where he's like, "I can make my, I can sing how I sing, yeah. just how I sound," and and that can work, and that can be me. And I, I don't know, it's like as someone who's pretty good at imitating other people, yeah. but I hate my own actual voice. I can understand how it would be hard to come away from that. And then for him to then create music, you know, I'm going to say Trent Reznor's voice, you know, talk about that forever because to make music around that, that fits well. Or even if it doesn't, just say fucking and do it anyway. Right. It's very cool. That's so the important part. It's nice yeah. to hear his voice right now. It's moment. nice to hear his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he was an imitator and then, yeah. And then I guess he kind of gets to the, Whatever your what was the <laughs> well the, the classic I think it's because Tangled Up in Blue is for me the Bob Dylan song yeah like okay. that's the one that I had heard more than that I would recognize as him sung sung only as him because 
unlike Mr. Tambourine Man or even Blood sure. in the Wind or all those songs that fucking Peter, Paul, and Mary or everybody covered. Yeah. Which is how I heard them first. That was the only song that I knew that is Bob Dylan because huh. no one I had ever heard had covered it. Okay. So like that for me, that's take a little lose that song. I, I'm interested in this, in your timeline of all of this, because I don't think it's right. You're where his voice is at certain periods. Oh, probably not it's, at all. No, no, but I, I like it because it's, <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought thing as we go forward. Because for me, it's, it's, he was basically imitating others. And you could say that this is almost a Woody Guthrie imitation through and through. And he just at this time is, you know, he had recorded his first record. So like Blowing in the Wind, which I think is fairly unique. I mean, he's not trying to imitate Woody no, Guthrie no, no. per se, yeah, but like so. if that was before this. So, hmm, interesting. so, and then you kind of have this where he, he's not, he is not, but he is kind of thing. Because well, I, I can say singularly on this song. Yes, yes. how I feel about this song. No, no, I, I still and like my it. My opinion can change on a dime. Yes. And I think that you're, <laughs> I think that in the scope of this uh, podcast where we're going on a linear note, I think that so far that's an astute observation, but I think that it will change once you start getting more freewheeling stuff that kind of like contradict that because it, yeah he is growing more into his voice i mean this does sound um stronger in my opinion than than even stuff on um freewheel and bob dylan and that was fucking six months ago you know what i mean it just keeps like his voice keeps changing it's fascinating and then eventually it hits something weird and then it goes to country which you hate mm-hmm. and but then it comes out of that country into 71 which was the happy the happy trom version which I think sounds excellent because it's not the countrified Bob Dylan voice from Nashville Skyline, but it's not yet the Rolling Thunder voice. Mm-hmm. And it's the voice of somebody who um, was in a sort of ebb of his career, too. He didn't really know wh- where things were going to go after Nashville Skyline. And this was the ebb between that and, you know, he was doing self-portrait in the New Morning and stuff. But this was right after that. And then it was before Planet Wave. So like this little moment where he didn't know what he was doing. And it was kind of cool to catch him in that moment because there's only a few. There's um, Watching the River Flow, When I Paint My Masterpiece. There's only a few songs that he recorded in those couple of years. And this is one of them. So very cool at the very least. For me, in case anyone cares, the periods of Bob Dylan's voice are I'm pretending I'm a blues singer. Yes. Early Bob. Yes. This guy. Yes. Pre-60s Bob before you launch fully into like Rolling Stone. Stone. And then we have Natural Skyline Muppet voice. Yes. And then we have Rolling Thunder Thunder. Review voice. And then we have have Tangled Up in Blue voice. Okay. I don't know where that actually fits. It could be like a little amalgamation of the 60s voice Mm. and the Rolling Thunder thing. But Tangled Up in Blue voice is the one that people say when they say they hate Bob Dylan's voice. That's the voice. It's Tangled Up in Blue. Idiotic shit. But like that's... Every time anybody makes fun of them, they're making fun of him singing Tangled Up in Blue, I feel like. But maybe also like a Rolling Stone. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Whatever. We can just cut this entire conversation. No, out. I think it's fun though. <laughs> I think he has a mellower voice on Blood on the Tracks. I don't think they're making fun of him because that sounds good on that. People like. I think people like that performance. People that yeah, hate Bob Dylan's voice. Stone. I think. They, yeah. Okay. So. So that's when it changes. Is there? Yeah. Then, is, he, then he hides. Well, once you get electric too, he, he, he does change with the electric. So that's what it is. So he comes. He comes through the other side. Right. And he's still a little bit there, but it's different. Yes. Yes. And then I think from there, it kind of is just one fell swoop. I mean, listen to Shot of Love, right? I mean, you can kind of hear a little bit from 74. It was only fucking six years ago by that point. But it does feel like a long time ago. But it's not as like bleak as some of the 90s stuff. 
but then he gets better. And now he just has an old, we had a weird old gravelly voice, but then we'll talk about it in our recommendations. He's dropping singles left and right here. And it sounds fucking great. His yeah. voice sounds clear. It sounds like triplicate, beautiful. Ah, just no more phlegm. He's just singing. It's wonderful. I mean, singing. As whatever that means for Bob Dylan. Yeah. It sounds perfect, though. So does this song, though, work in 2020? Yes. I mean, I don't know. You can always you can always take an acoustic song. You can take the bones of any acoustic song and do whatever and you want. Play. Right? Just play. I mean, it's a good God song to, to play. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that we should be talking about this, and I think we are talking about this because of the coronavirus and everything yeah. and actually acknowledging that Hey, people who you don't think have value, it turns out they have value. It, I feel guilt. I feel guilt. I'm sure everyone's feeling fucking crazy. I have a, we, we, we also have guilt. Uh, amongst all the things, we also have guilt. So that's cool. Well, guilt and then also envy at people who get to stay home. Yeah. It's, which, which, sucks. And which makes you feel bad, <laughs> which is, goes back to the guilt. It's a guilt envy cycle and it's awful. And then you do what we're doing now, which is we drink. Just drink until you forget. Just drink until you forget. Yeah, definitely and then, drinking way more. And then you learn that kidney collapse has been happening in people with coronavirus and they're trying to figure out why. And it's like, well, let's put some more strain on this kidney over here. Um, cool. So, I mean, it's mostly the liver, but also anything that filters your blood, which like well, your sure. kidneys. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. Everything's weird. Everything's Does this song weird. work? Sure. Everything works. Nothing works. I don't know. What are we doing? Yes. You're yeah, I know. I, when, <laughs> see, it's hard because when you start, when when you go into the, to the mindset like that, yeah, it really, what's the point? Um, I think that talking about it, it makes sense. I think that I am a lonesome hobo. And Drifters Escape especially. I think Drifters Escape is the quintessential hobo song by Bob Dylan because it's not specifically hobo-esque, but it is a damning indictment upon the kind of people that he's sort of talking about in Only a Hobo. The trial was bad enough, but this is ten times worse. Just then a bolt of lightning struck the courthouse out. Ramblin', Gamblin', Willie. I, it's kind of all of these hobo songs, just like card songs, everybody playing poker and shit. Um, they're like easy morality tales that you can set up because you can play it straight and just be like, you're a, you're an asshole if you don't look at the look at the dead homeless man. You're an asshole if you don't do it. Um, so I think there's more nuance. He gets more nuance as he goes on. And that's something that Woody Guthrie really doesn't do as nuance. And that's the whole point of Woody Guthrie. And that's why he's so iconic and important in American music. But Bob Dylan couldn't just be Woody Guthrie. And so I think I think there are hobo songs, if you will, that are better later. I would recommend the Happy Trom recordings over anything else only because Musically, it's a country right? song yeah. and it's fantastic and it's unique in the Bob Dylan canon in that there's only a few songs that he chose to record. And he just so happened to pick some really good and unique choices to record for this greatest hits volume two and and only i think one of them made it to the record so well i think that recording even though it was done in the 70s yeah. is testament to why it could work today right because mm-hmm. you turn that into a fucking country bluegrass song or whatever right, and it works so and you make it maybe better we'll, we'll get into that oh, so. yeah. Nobody to carry him home 
did you know, Kelly, that we're a real podcast? I like when you phrase it as a question because sometimes I forget. Again, I don't know how to use the internet. So thank you anyone yeah. who said anything kind because I'll never know. That's fair. Uh, so you are not aware is what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying you need to be better about telling me in the world because I can't be bothered. <laughs> you can't be bothered. You, uh, we're all busy. And uh, yes, no, we're, we are a real podcast. Uh, we are at SOTWpod.com. We are at SOTWpod on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, you know, it's hard. It's just hard to be out there. Um, there are funny, funny things going on on Twitter. There are real things going on on Twitter. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to contribute except to let you know that there are episodes out and we, we want to keep making episodes, um, because I do, I do enjoy the podcasts that are still existing in our time and they make life easier. It's so nice I to have something that's we, like outside. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll turn it back down. So we are, uh, also on Patreon. Uh, if you love the show. Please pledge a dollar. Talk to us. We also had a playlist this week, Kelly, on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Where can you find that? On Spotify. <laughs> I meant more specifically, like, if I wanted to find it on Spotify. Oh, you would type in the name of the song, Kelly, and then you oh. would put SOTW or the number 108 afterwards. Nice. And we're going to be one of the first playlists on there. Nice. Click that. Good for us. And you're going to get a nice hour of some, some tight music. Now, you said that this you call this a PBS playlist. Did um, I? You did. Oh, again, Aunt Molly Jackson just fucking yeah, so, ruining my so whole life. So when you said PBS playlist, you're you're sort of meaning you thought that I was making like I was finding all of like the canon hobo songs. Right, well I was worried because like the Hank Williams You're like well, I, I don't want to put new metal Carter family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like clearly we're having an educational moment and um that's fine. I can learn. I just like do I Contribute? Right. Because I can only contribute garbage. Well, my answer to that would be I don't want to make PBS playlists. No, these are all these are all legitimately also uh there's a song called Hobophobic by NoFX, and I don't Sorry. think that would be on a PBS <laughs> station. Anyways, welcome back to the playlist. We had a couple of good ones. Thrice, mm. Beggars, uh Woody Guthrie for the eleventh time. Now he did have a whole month to him, yeah. so it's kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh with Hobo's bu- Hobo l- Hobo's Lullaby. Jesus Christ. Hobo's Lullaby. Hank Williams for the fifth time, Tramp on the Street, of course. Uh, Dolly Parton for the fourth time, Hobo's Meditation. And Emmylou Harris and Linda Ronstadt. And I do believe, just because, uh, if you heard of a little radio station called KBO, KBOO, Portland Public Radio, I'm a sponsor. No big deal. Uh, they do a folk music hour basically every day at 6 a.m. Oh. But, um, it's quite early. And then they do every three weeks or the third Thursday or whatever. That's kind of how their programming breaks down. It's like the third whatever or the second whatever. Anyway, uh, where they have an expanded folk music hour. Cool. Other than their normal 6 a.m. one. And they, the three of them have like hugged up. I mean, not hugged up, hugged up. But, you know. Like <laughs> you played, never know. <laughs> you never country know. Country music. Being what country music is. Full of gay orgies. Uh, you heard it here first. And... They, I feel like they've done a lot of music together. Like they were like yeah. the like little darling trio. For yeah, Emily Lou is definitely like the kid that everybody loved. I mean, I've heard her back name in forever. the eighties. Oh yeah. yeah, she was part of the Rolling Thunder review. Okay. She f- was slightly out of place, but yeah, she she was with Graham Parsons, and then Graham Parsons died, and she was young too. She was like just starting out. Well, thanks, Kate, for, for letting little... me know that those are people. Anyways, <laughs> later on, Sat. <laughs> uh, no, and I love the Hobo's Meditation. I think it's a great song um, because we didn't really talk about the Hobo Code or um, Hobo Conventions are also a thing. Back in the day, they would get hobos all together to like be unionized, basically, like a oh, way wow. for them to uh, 
try to back in the day maintain um, have community collaboration yeah like how to do things and just share knowledge in in one singular place and i feel like the meditation is kind of like kind of talking about that kind of stuff like Mm. i really love dolly parton recently and i really love that song it's fun great uh no effects for the third time hobophobic This will come up later when we talk about uh, White Snake at the very end of this playlist. But uh, yeah, ho- I mean, obviously homophobic. It's scared of us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like you can't beat that. It's pretty good, uh, and it's very short, which I know you would love. Seconds. It's forty seconds. Yeah, uh, Carter family twice. Our first time since uh, Pass the Victory, nineteen thirty mm-hmm. or nineteen thirty-six, episode thirty-six. Um, you remember Pass the Victory? Oh yeah, Pass the Victory. You know what I remember? Tons of biscuits, bowls of gravy. <laughs> That's what I remember. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, because they had like the, what was it? Like the palm, palms of victory, right? Because right? we talked about all of trees and stuff like that and palms. And, I will never forget. I mean, I love that. Bowls it's of gravy. <laughs> John Lee Hooker, our second, our first time since episode 21. Woogie Woogie. Uh, he he did the Hobo Blues, Long, Long Way From Home, uh, excellent uh, electric blues. Paul Simon, uh, only our second time. Uh, Papa Hobo. Ooh, hate that. Uh, just hearing him say, I, Papa Hobo. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's a, <laughs> uh, Papa Hobo. It's funny because people love that song. Ugh. And, uh, you know, this is his self-titled and it's one of those iconic, his iconic records. And it is interesting. Like and the I song mean, is fine. Just hearing him say, I just like him Papa drinking... Hobo. But I like it too because it's like drinking Gatorade, like uh, you know, his situation. Like I'm living on Gatorade and like whatever I can. But it's cool that like I don't know, just having those like new brands in a song kind of date it again, take mm-hmm. it away from the hobo world and sort of again have tried to like build a bridge between that a hobo with I don't know drinking Gatorade. So like, many people like have I think about popular trap songs and like hip hop songs and stuff a lot where they blatantly are speaking about emojis or Instagram and stuff like that. I was like, this is going to not yeah. age well. Right. <laughs> and that's, I mean, Gary's still around, but one around. day. Well, it, inevitably one day it will not be around. Like there's Instagram definitely, there's like that. plenty of brands that are referenced in folk music and stuff. That well, yeah, of course, around. but it's just every time I hear a shout out like that to a specific company, I think something. it depends on how Instagram goes away. Because if it's like a beloved thing that gets shut down when our like authoritarian government takes over, well, then, then it could actually forever, be right? yeah. well, and also be like a rallying cry or something. But well, I don't know. But I'll, but uh, yeah, it becomes a historical element, right? Where you're like <laughs> oh, Instagram, hilarious. or like when you're listening to Nelly's song, Country Grammar. Yep, and you hear him say Donald Trump, let me in. Yeah, and there's so many Donald Trump references. Oh, of course, it's fucking yeah. terrible. Anyway, I'm sorry. Rod Stewart, second time. Uh, he's the furthest back. We haven't listened to him since episode 19. Little Maggie. Oh, yeah. Way go, Maggie. Yep, that's definitely him. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, only a hobo. His his version of it. 
I liked maybe better than all the others. I really enjoyed it. I love the guitar the was great. Bow, now, do, down, yeah. Now, do. yeah, it was really good. It's very cool. And I it made me peek into Rod Stewart. I act, not accidentally. I bought an album of his just because it was a dollar. And it's the one where he's wearing all the spandex and it's glittery and he's like leaping into space and it's fantastic. Yeah. Which of which two songs from that album are on his top ten on Spotify. So hey. picked well apparently. Yeah. Something Atlantis, Bridge Over Atlantis, who fucking knows. Anyway, the number one song is that Wake Up Maggie There's Something Thing Wait, the number one of all t- and all of Rod Stewart's that song. Yeah, I don't think of him. <laughs> but then also because he took the Bob Dylan song, right? Forever Young. Isn't that Rod Stewart? If you want my body, if you think I'm sexy. That's on there. This is 1988. Rod Stewart was Forever Young. Yeah. What year was your record? Uh-huh. I think we looked it up. Find his glorious spandex ascot wearing magnificence. As I was out walking on the corner one day, I spied an old hobo in the doorway you lay. His face was all covered in the cold sidewalk floor. I guess he'd been there for a whole night more. He was only a hobo, but one more is gone. Leaving nobody to carry it on. Leaving nobody to sing his sad song. Only a hobo, but one Who I will talk about in a little bit. The wonderful John Prine. The Hobo song, R.I.P. Ugh, just the absolute fucking worst. Uh, that song is great. Uh, it was originally like our third song on the playlist, and then he passed away, and I was like, got to put it to the end. And unfortunately, it's not the end end. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the playlist for the very first time. And probably, I hope not the last, but Aunt Molly Jackson, who I had never heard of before we did this. John Greenway as well. Poor Miner's Farewell. Excellent. I love that it's on our playlist for season four in some way. Um, Man, what a, somebody rocking in the future, this playlist, the whole, for the whole season. And then they get this song. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Bring the party down. Uh, Barnes Courtney, Hobo Rocket. So you never heard of this person before? Never heard of it. Okay. Sounds very 90s. I was very confused. They I don't know. We're who hanging they out with a Beck CD, so. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who this person is and I don't care. But as soon as they started actually singing instead of the Hobo Rocket, his voice okay. sounds exactly like MC Lars. And I was really confused for Whoa. a second. Oh. I just like the exciting frontiers for hobos in the future. Mm-hmm. Get on a Hobo Rocket. How do we get that rocket? I love it. Uh, whale. Okay. Hobo Humpin' like Slowbo Babe. How I've never heard of this band before is like such a weird thing. It's like the world was keeping it from me for some reason. So you, you love this band. This is amazing. Oh, I, it was fine. They they only have two records on Spotify. Their uh, 1995 album, which this song comes from, We Care. And then their 1998 album, right before they completely disbanded. <laughs> All Disco Dance Must End in Broken Bones. Great title. This is 100% up my alley. It's okay. the most 90s thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. And also, Whoa. let me tell you... If you're a fan of the Gorillas, which oh, wow. if you've listened beyond the first album, we have nothing in common. But if you like the first album, the only good album from the Gorillas, 
they a hundred percent stole their sound from this band and they went on tour with blur in 95 and if you don't know the lead singer of blur damon albarn is the entire band of the gorillas so with but whale they went on tour with yes. whale whale went on tour with blur with blur whoa yes damning so they're a swedish band and they're doing mm. all the amazing 90s shit that the gorillas would then ironically ape Nice. Uh, <laughs> and make their own sound. I see what you did there. It's a one to one. Wow. I'm telling you. So if you like the first only good album of the Gorillas, you'll love Hobo Humpin' Slow Bo Babe. But more broadly, the the band the Whale, band Whale. The Swedish band Whale, spelled like the animal Whale. Spelled like the <laughs> Welcome to the playlist. Also, Rocket from the Crypt. Uh, great uh, ska band. I genuinely really like that song. I love the guitar riff on I it. I would like you to play that. <laughs> Inclination. Oh, yeah. Vagrant, no. um, they they posit that um, vagrants, uh, you know, kind of like hobos. See, again, that gets the term even further away. A vagrant. Yeah, you don't want to be a vagrant. That, to me, is lower than a bum. <gasps> but they're all the same, right? Anyways, they posit, because they're straight edge band, that all alcoholics and druggies are vagrants and bums. You deserve you deserved this. I don't think they deserve anything. I don't think that that's if what they're saying. you drink alcohol. Yeah. This is a choice you're making. It, well, it is. That's what happens with fucking straight edge fans. But it is a choice you're making. What, to drink alcohol? Yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, whatever happens to you. You deserve it! You do. <laughs> I think that's obvious. Uh, yeah, uh, that was great. I'm glad you put that on there. It was a fun uh, well, New York hardcore type of sound. It was, yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. Good from that playlist, for sure. Yeah. I was surprised. Uh, yeah, different. The, the most different song. On this playlist, by far. Even Hobophobics seems to fit, whereas that one does not. Uh, Charlie Parr, Hobo. That's H, capital H-O, capital B-O. Pretty song. Nice song. But I think the best one of the Welcome Twos is Tom Paxton, who is a folky from Bob Dylan's time. Bob Mm. Dylan, I think, even knows Tom Paxton. Um, The Last Hobo. Last Hobo on the last freight train. I love that song. It's great. It was built in before John Prine Mm. passed away to be the last song because it's called The Last Hobo. And he got usurped by two songs. It's it's sad. It's a really sad <laughs> sad fate. Uh, but I do love that song. It's very good. And then finally, Kelly, so you can uh, jump up on that high horse. Yes. Here I go again, by White Snake. Right. The the we had a great time with this song because in our heads, obviously, it was the very fucking uh, glam rock, nineteen eighty seven version. Unbeknownst to us, I mean, you had heard that it was the word hobo, like a hobo I was born to walk alone, right? That's what the lyrics are. Correct. Um, and so when we looked it up or whatever, we were like, okay, let's put that on the playlist. That's funny. We want to talk about it for other reasons that you're going to get into. But, and I just happened to pick a version from 1982. I didn't the realize version. they recorded this shit I didn't know either. for sort of the type of musical mood that was happening. Good on them. Probably made some cash on that one. Well, sure. However, when your bones are a solid... As here I go again. You're good. That song is fucking great. It's great. Uh, it's uh, it's flawlessly good, uh, except for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. It's not even their fault. It's very. It, this is funny. I find this funny. This is so hilarious. So everyone on the planet, I'm sure, has heard just based on the fact that if you go to the White Snakes page, it's on their top three. Here I go again on my own. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. Yeah, so I'm sure you've heard that version. Yes, like a drifter. drifter. I was born to walk alone. Which is great. That's a great hobo term as well. Sure. But what Um, could be better than drifter? 
hobo. But one day on the radio, I heard the song. I'm singing along in my, you know, pretending I'm in the 80s glory. And just like, like yeah, drift. like a drift. Wait, what did he just say? He said hobo. Like a hobo I was born to walk alone. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Am I in the Bernstein Bears alternate universe yes. Mandela effect? What is going on? So... Because there was a band called the Drifters, and maybe you're like, oh, I don't know, do I love the on? Drifters? What's happening? Yeah, so so originally this song was on their 1982, White Snakes that is, Saints and Sinners album. Yes. And it, the lyrics go, like a hobo, I was born to walk alone. Right. Unmistakably hobo. And it went high. Like, like it was one of their, this is on like their sixth or seventh album. Do you know how many albums they have? Do you know how many fucking personnel changes they have? The only person that's been consistent is the lead singer. There have been 30 fucking people that have been in this Ooh. band. Been in this band, quote, unquote. That's um, a lot of money to push around. Holy shit. Anyway, so I'm sure it went platinum or gold or whatever. I didn't look up facts. It doesn't matter. It was a really popular song. Like a hobo, I was born walk alone. And then here we come. Here we go again. White Snake. <laughs> their 1987 self-titled album. White Snake. Yes. They re-record this song. They remaster it. They add a bunch of synth shit. The 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 Saints and Sinners version, it's fine. It's like all guitar work. It sounds it's great. It's real good. And when you hear it, if you've never heard it, you're like, oh, wow, what a better version of this song. Incredible. Why did they change it? I don't fucking know. But because I don't know if there was feedback or they somebody made fun of this guy at a party once. Who knows? Who knows what happened in those five years? Because there's like, I didn't look for the gossip, but Wikipedia certainly doesn't mention why it happened. But it did happen that they changed the lyric from like a hobo to like a drifter because hobo sounded too much like homo. (laughs) Short for homosexual, Daniel, if you didn't know. And they, I don't know. know. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe it's just like, well, that's not what we meant. And we don't want people to start making fun of gay people. That's probably not what it was. They just didn't want to be associated with anything gay. Lest anyone think the men dressed in glitter with the long hair are gay dear god let's change the lyrics incredible and that's what they did they made the song worse and they changed the lyrics which is part of making the song worse so here i go again on my own like a homo i was born to walk alone that's right and you know what it works it works it fucking works, it works. because we are an isolated people daniel yeah. we often feel loneliness it's i didn't know that this was going to be such a serious podcast <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you want to listen to any of those songs they are all available on Spotify, on our playlist. Correct. Please go and do that. Kelly, we were also people in the world. <laughs> and there's no way to like, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, it's too soon. <laughs> too soon to even bring up the past because what is the past? As we've said, we've been, you know, not quarantined, but quarantined. And it's just like, what is time? Uh, often we we turn to one another and it's like, is it Thursday? Is it Wednesday? And then we're even like, though oh, we're great. going to work. Like, as so many people, I'm sure it's way worse when you just wake up and you don't actually go anywhere. You have no real way to measure the time, obviously, than the calendars and the many. So we like, like kind of have no excuse to not know what day it is because our lives, again, have remained pretty much unchanged other than our job functions. So, yeah. uh, but still, feeling weird. Feeling weird, feeling bad. Anyway, so we were people. <laughs> we were people. Yeah, we were definitely people uh, doing something. What were you doing? What would you recommend? I, I don't know if this even like really works. Like you're in you're in quarantine. You're um, trying to be safe out on public transit. You're trying to be safe just going to work, being around people at work, depending on what your job is, whatever you're doing, or you don't have a job because you've lost it. Yeah. Hopefully, just for a very short amount of time. What what can you recommend? What 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 did you do this week? What made you feel better? I don't know. Any anything that you can give the people. What do you got? Well, in all reality, the only thing I keep doing is listening to my favorite podcast over and over again, Dumb Gay Politics or oh. Patreon Podcast. Yes. Which I think unofficially is called Dumb Gay Everything, but they really don't brand it very well. Anyway, so that's all I do. is Unofficially the sponsor of our recommendations, actually. I mean, basically, because I just like listen to my friends over and over again because they make me feel better. But 
Uh, there's a show called Feel Good on Netflix, which is about a Canadian comedian living in uh, the UK, living in England. Uh, and she, like, is gay and has a girlfriend and hilarity ensues. Anyway, so that's really good. I'm only three episodes in. There's only six, but it's really good. It's, like, it's kind of like uh, Fleabag in that it's, like, dark humor because that's how everything is now. You can't just have funny because life isn't funny. And uh, I've been listening to Cake a lot again because I love Cake and I thought about spending $300 to go see them but then I decided that maybe that was not worth it. And also, maybe we'll never get to see them so we'll never get to go outside again. Frank Ocean came out with two songs a while ago. Kendo and Dear April. They're fine. They're like acoustic really. I mean, soft even for him just which is fine but great. And Childish Gambino came out with an album. He did. I didn't even fucking realize until today. Still on my tea lesson. It's good. It's really good. It's called 31520 which I'm sure is when he was like this is when it's gonna go out through fifteen twenty. I have a numbers playlist and oh, every one every of his, track is on there. Yeah. Which Kendrick already kind of like did for my dates playlist. He has a record called Untitled and it's just a numbers for dates. Like mm. dates that it was recorded. Yeah. And it's great. Sense. And um and now this is like I just man, I'm not putting the whole fucking record yeah. on Well and he doesn't actually say any numbers in the playlist, right? Or like no, in I, the song. It doesn't sorry. matter. Yeah. They true. have to go on the numbers true. playlist. Anyway, the opening track is just like ambient fun noise stuff, which is of course gonna be my favorite. It's called zero point zero zero zero. Yes. No, zero point zero zero etc. And uh but the, the my favorite song with words is nineteen point ten. So there you go. It's really great. I like it a lot. It's very much experimental alternative R&B shit that I'm super into so the cover's just a white screen so. yeah just white just plain of white no mm-hmm. text sound well good I'm glad you at least listened to it dropped a couple singles so i'll bring that up in a second but new album wise we're in a living in a world uh next week i'll probably talk about smith street band uh fetch the bolt cutters by fiona apple mountain goats they all just released as we're recording um i can't wait to keep listening to those but what i have been listening to a ton is after hours by the weekend is really good brian fallon of gaslight anthem released local honey uh i love it it's only eight songs god damn it Make an album of 10 songs, please. Just It just feels weird when there's eight. I'm like, why? Eight great songs. Thank you, Brian. I love it a lot. Album of the year contender, without a doubt. And I mentioned this, I think, on our... Um, I, I was having a dream that we did a podcast a couple weeks ago. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a Bob Dylan podcast. It was something else. It doesn't sound right. No, I, I, I don't think that was us. But we, I, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned Waxahachie, but I need to mention it again. Album of the Year contender for her. Um, Can't Do Much, Fire, Lilacs, The Eye. Every single song by her is amazing. And um, and if you're trying to like get away, she's not only great, but her and her boyfriend, uh, Kevin Morby, they perform every week. Every All these artists now are doing basically weekly updates where they're just on Instagram live and I was watching uh Waxahachie's for the past couple weeks and they just you can you can uh, request to be a part of their live stream 
and it's up to the person on the other side to do it. And they'll just, between songs, pick a random person, and they'll just talk to them and say, yeah. hey, how's your life? How's it going? Cool. I love, I love Katie Crutchfield, and I think she's the best songwriter in the world. I guess it don't matter why. So good, so good. I finished my 1970s top 100 playlist that I made a long time ago. It ended with David Bowie's Low, which has been your recommended once. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. Listen to Black Sabbath a ton. We both did. Yeah. Um, You were like, I've never really heard Black Sabbath. And I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to like get back into it because I don't, I hadn't heard Sabotage, um, you know, never, what, never say die, like the late. Mm-hmm. Uh, late seventies, like right before Ozzy leaves, you don't have to stuff. listen after Volume Four, basically, in my opinion. Disagree, disagree. Up to Sabotage is fucking brilliant. No, the Sabotage end. Stop, though. stop at Sabotage. The first six are excellent. Uh, sorry, Kelly, you said first six. Yes, first six. <laughs> the first six are perfect, and you should definitely listen. T Rex, mm-hmm. also listen to T Rex. I did. You learned a fact about Mark Bolin, the yeah. lead singer of T Rex. Did you know that Mark Bolin, that is not his actual name. I do I know this. His real name. I do know But this. it's a, the last name, Bolin, Bolin, is a contraction of Bob Dylan because the dude fucking loves Bob Dylan. And we've talked about his love for Bob Dylan during that one song. that Belle he Isle. Liked, Belle Isle, that he liked a lot. You told me this earlier, so I do know that fact. Thank you very much. Ah, you're welcome. Um, Bob Dylan, of course, released multiple singles. He released Murder Most Foul, which um, on in my dream, I, I did mention before. Um but I've listened to it now about 10 times and it's 17 minutes long and it never feels like 17 minutes long. I love that he's commenting on something that happened in 1963. I love the moment when he says, he says something like I, when it happened, somebody turned to me and it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Bob Dylan was 22 when JFK was killed. Every, like the way we think about post JFK, the way we think about the sixties is so wrapped up in Bob Dylan. It's just fascinating to me that like he was a thing existing. He was just there, you know, and people older than him are sort of telling him about what's going on, like how fucked up, how crazy this is. And now he's like the old man. He's the sage in the room. I don't know. It's really crazy. The last time we heard anything from Bob Dylan about JFK, he's actually in I Shall Be Free. Do you remember that verse from I Shall Be Free? Absolutely not. Well, my telephone rang and it wouldn't stop. It was President Kennedy. He's calling me up. He said, my friend, Bob, what do we need to make this country grow? I said, my friend, John, Bridget Bardo, mm. Anita Ekberg, Sophia yeah, Lauren, yeah, yeah, okay, do remember country that. will grow. Boner jokes. Right. Right. Love it. Love it. So we, we go from boner jokes to uh, the death of the king, uh, the killing of the king. I don't know. It's very boomer, very like peak boomer to be like um, America diverged. At the killing of 
President Kennedy, and we went a certain direction that we've never we've never gone back to what was what Kennedy was offering. Like he was killed in his prime, right? I mean, he was the 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 lifeblood of uh, American youth, and then he was killed. What his legacy could have been because he only was a president for two and a half years. Hmm. So I think it's it's a very boomer thing to to like believe that, even though he was like pushing for Vietnam, like that would have happened anyway. I think we want to believe now that he would have not done that, but he was the kind of the reason we were there. So uh, that part is kind of kind of weird, but it's also very much Bob Dylan. He's a p- person of the time, and I just love how we can turn a phrase. I mean, whoever thought rub a dub dub. It's murder most foul is like, I love that. That's like my favorite. And and then, you know, even when he sings like it again, it gets back to the Bob Dylan, the way that he sings when he says it is what it is and it's murder most foul. It's just the way he can fucking take long songs and just conjure it down to like, boom, just that fucking two sentences. And it's fucking perfect. It's hard. It's hard to um, overstate how great it is. Um, and it's on our list now, Kelly. So we are moving up how many songs we have. So the never ending feels more never ending. And then he just released a song called I Contain Multitudes. It's not. You know what? It's part of the goddamn podcast. I'm a fucking. No, no. We're not. to be a purist. <laughs> no, you're a purist. We're not going to do it. And I Contain Multitudes. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it next week when I really sit down with it more. But uh, it's a wonderful song. It's only four minutes. It's a real, real song. Um, but it's uh, it's. <laughs> Very self-reflexive, and I'm not ready for that side of Bob Dylan because I don't. Once you start reflecting on your life, that means you're going to die, and I don't want to do that. Speaking of death, R.I.P. John Prine. His final song was called When I Get to Heaven. He couldn't wait to see his aunts and uncles and all of his cousins, and he wants to have a drink of vodka martini, uh, vodka soda, vodka ginger ale, vodka ginger ale, and smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. And God damn it, I hope so. R.I.P. John Prine. Love you. And I recommend just listening to Waxahachie and John Prime, period. Done. Yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm going to take that wristwatch off my arm. What are you going to do with time after you bought the farm? And then I'm going to go find my mom and dad. And good old brother Doug, why well, I bet him and cousin Jackie are still cutting up a rug. I want to see all my mama's sisters. Cause that's where all the love starts. I miss them all like crazy. Bless their little hearts. And I always will remember these words my daddy said. He said, buddy, when you're dead, you're a dead peckerhead. I hope to prove him wrong. That is, when I get to heaven. Cause I'm gonna have a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm gonna kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of work. Yeah, this old man is going to town. Yeah, this old man is going to town. All right, Kelly, we were only hobos in this episode. When and now, are we When are we not hobos? I mean, that's true. Um, we are hoboing podcasters, as you are in the 21st century. So, Kelly, we 
enjoyed that song. It was great. It's nice to go back to Bob and an acoustic and harmonica. It's never a bad thing. That's always my favorite. Yeah. There There's is no, no bad, bad here. here. You know, I love that saying. It's just so good. Thanks, Buffy. Thanks, Buffy. Um, hey, that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving <laughs> is over. <laughs> Has been over for a while. What a ride. What a ride. <laughs> so, Kelly, episode 109. It's a very interesting um, episode. Is it? No. Oh, not okay. really. Oh, yeah. It is a number that random.org can choose, though. And maybe has chosen in the past. I don't know. 109. Probably. 109. What, other, what other numbers do you know? 88. Mm. 88. <laughs> what other numbers do you know? <laughs> Pauses is... to look at camera. Yeah. 88. 88. 88 out of, out of, 390, out of 392 would have taken us to... Ah, uh, you're going to be pissed about this one. I know you want to listen to it. The Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll. Oh, yeah, I do. So times they are changed in 1964. <laughs> Fortunately, we are not going to be dealing with that. <laughs> we are going to 200, uh, 392. We're going to 185. 185. We're going all the way back. We're going to go back to one of his first recordings called Dink Song. Dink? Dink. Isn't that like a slang for dick? This is a song, uh, slang for a dildo. Oh, really? I think so. Or dick, but probably both the same. Dink. Dink. Yeah. Nope, this is a person. Dink. Dinks. That's going to be really hard for me to say. Dinks. My mouth does not work that way. So Dink's song uh, originally came out on Bootleg Series Volume 7 for No Direction Home, no Direction Home the movie. <laughs> for No Direction Home, the Martin Scorsese, the Martin Scorsese movie. Wow, that said too many things. Dinks. Dinks, Scorsese, home, direction. I don't think it's his song. I think it's a cover. So, um, but it, but it is. I think the first song that opens up that bootleg series, Volume Seven, which I I remember listening to for the first time when I was a kid, because 2005 is when it came out. So I just started college, and I was like, man, this shit's great. And you know what? You always want more stuff from that era. So we're going from only a hobo. We're going even a little bit further back, and we're gonna do Dink's song next episode are we gonna figure out who dink is we're gonna oh we'll talk we'll, we're gonna examine the fuck out of dink nice if i had wings like an oyster fly the river to the one i love Honey, fairly well 